everyone. This is the Easy Allies Podcast. I'm your moderator, Kyle Bosman, and joining us this week, Daniel Bloodworth. Yo. Ben Moore. Yo. Making it all happen, Ian Hink. Hey. And Brandon Jones is on paternal leave. Ooh. How much do we give us, Brandon? How much do we give him? Well, it's, it's a little bit of a complex situation right now because <laughs> the baby was born prematurely, so he'll be able to be around a little bit more right now, but then not so much later. When the baby actually comes home. Got you. So We're going to have to base it on that monologue. He may not know it now, but that monologue is is how much time he's buying for himself. <laughs> Absolutely. But, yeah, you know what? You may not have heard on this podcast, but uh, Brandon Jones and his wife have a new a baby boy who is actually, yes, premature, but extremely healthy. Yeah. Uh, um, Milo is his name, officially. Uh, follow Jones on Twitter if you want to see that baby. I've, re- I've said this several times, yeah. but... I love that name. I don't know why. I just I it's really, really like the name Mom. That was a good pick. Kyle, I'm also worried that people will not understand that I am completely joking. Jones can take as much time as he needs to <laughs> yes. take. Yeah. Yes. I get, take the three months of paternity leave. Yeah. We don't need him. Bye bye. Not entirely. Bye bye. Let's let's do our desire index. This is, of course, uh, the ranking in which Easy Allies desires video games. Uh, Oh boy! Now we're doing it. Our our patrons are picking a game to come in each week. Uh, Mm -hmm. I just ask for a short justification. Uh, This one is from Christopher Frederick, who wants us to add Super Mario Maker Two. If we're only adding one game a week, we're sure to lose some along the way. So why not add a game this week that'll be off the list by next week? Hey, perfect I think, reasoning. I think we need to come up with a term for this. That's this gets, weird. This gets like a <laughs> like a hot bonus for coming out this week. Yes. So and then they graduate. Yeah, but it's yes. got some flames on it. It'll only be on the desire index for one week. So currently, The Last of Us Part Two is number one on the desire index. It was that that was Huber. It was partially Huber. Yeah. And Damiani. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and me for the tiebreaker. Cyberpunk 2077 is number two. Mm-hmm. Doom Eternal number three, and Madden NFL 20 number four. Where do we slot in Super Mario Maker two? How did at the top? I don't have anything against Madden, but I know uh, how did Madden get there? Hubert demanded two games last episode, so I'm like, okay, fine. Here's one where there will be no discussion. We'll just <laughs> slot it in. We'll move on. I think we could top Madden with Mario. So are you just picking from the Patreon? How did that? There's like no process to that. What happened? They have cute justifications. Like I actually pulled a few. If we have space at the end of the podcast, I'll do more. Uh, But it's basically like I like their suggestion and I like their justification for choosing that. Okay. Um, Do we desire this game more than The Last of Us Part 2? No. I do. Do you? I sure do. Heck yeah. Super Mario Maker 2? Mario Maker 2 is my most anticipated game right now. Okay. Do we desire it more than Cyberpunk 2077? So, absolutely. For me, yes. The Last of Us Part 2, if if you've got some fire for Mario Maker, Mm -hmm. I'd be willing to hear it. But I'm I'm definitely not more excited for Mario Maker than Cyberpunk. Wow. That that one I would push back on a little bit. Okay. Do you know what? And Doom. Mm-mm. We got a loosey goosey podcast ahead of us. <laughs> I kind of want, and I know we have some cyberpunk fans at the at the desk today. I realized yeah. I realized what it was uh, when I was talking to a friend about why I'm not excited about cyberpunk. To me, this is like what is at least shown, what they've shown of the game, mm-hmm. what is what is publicly in their marketing, is one of those games that is just about being cool. Like oh one boy. of those games where it's oh like boy. to me like Skyrim, where a person just wants to be powerful and cool, and like I don't get the hook of the world. I don't get the hook of the story. Definitely. So please fill me in on that. 
How can we move cyberpunk up? So what? Why is being cool a problem? <laughs> to me that's just like a bunch of games it's just like walking through a world first person and just being the coolest possible most powerful thing yeah i like, mean the thing i mean the funny uh, thing when you say that for me is like yeah. i personally so far yeah am not hooked by cyberpunk's story i'm so definitely much. not yeah like it, it's not about the story it's about the way that i know that story will end up branching out and playing off of each other and working well and the way that this world all of this everything around it is going to play into each other and one of the things uh ben's interview Mm -hmm. uh which i thought was really great was they talked about how they're handling side missions different from witcher 3 because one of the problems with witcher 3 is a lot of the xp was tied into side missions yes and so you got this giant world you got these really great like groundbreaking level of like story-based side missions so you go do those side missions. Now the main quest is boring because you're overleveled. So now they have a completely different progression system that works with the side missions and how you're working through the city compared to, you know, your 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 core stats and like the way that you progress through the main story. What are my side stats? It's like street cred. Oh, okay. So like being cool. Yeah, yeah essentially right. that's what cool <laughs> means. It's like your reputation with these different groups of people. Let yeah. me let me try to throw this at you. Yeah. Okay. I th- I think and it can be hard to tell sometimes, but yeah. I think I see where you're coming from because there are there are times in RPGs where I get annoyed where everything is is dependent on you to like a degree that it's not like it's not even exciting being the one that is dependent on. Where it's like only you could do this side quest where you pick up ten rocks. It's like, well, no, I'm not the only person that can do that. Yeah. And then when I turn in those ten rocks, like you don't have to treat me like the greatest person. I just picked up some rocks. And so when they go to that degree, it sucks. What we've seen with Cyberpunk so far is like a lot of people, maybe even arguably most people in the game, are trying to use you because they see you as a punk. They don't view you as cool as all. They're just going to try to betray you at the earliest possible opportunity. So, to me, that doesn't signal that you're cool. It means that you yeah, have what to... Yeah, what was the term they used for him? The the voodoo boys basically used a word that meant, like, dirty towel or something? Right. It started with an R, yeah. A rag? Yeah. No, no it was... In is, like, a Creole word. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I don't I don't know how, how cyberpunk is going to play out, but... I think you're going to be treated like a punk in that game quite a bit. And I think you're going to have people in no uncertain terms telling you that you are basically a dirty rag. Until we upgrade. I do think there's going to be a progression and Which you may I be able like, to overcome yeah, those things. So the thing is, like, it didn't sit well with me that uh, we, <laughs> we have Cyberpunk number two on the Easy Allies Desire Index mm-hmm. because I think it was only the combination of Michael Damiani, Michael Huber, and myself that could have put it there. Right. I think any other combination of any other Easy Allies and it would be number one. Mm. And oh, so okay. like, I'm considering bumping it up to number one above The Last of Us Part Two. Here's here's a, an argument I made in the past. Yeah. Uh, on the desire index, is that proximity for me increases my desire. So like for me, Mario Maker is my most desired game because it comes out the soonest. Oh yeah. And sure. like, do we want to give it the honor of putting it number one for a week? That's kind of what I'm saying. Because it's just gonna be gone in a week. Can we? Mm-hmm. Panel? That's up to these boys. Might as well. I mean, I'm, the thing is, <laughs> I'm probably gonna put the most time into it some other time. Like it's, 
Yeah, it, it's not the thing that I'm going to jump on right away. I'll probably jump in a little bit later when you guys have built stuff and mm -hmm. like I want to check it all out. I definitely think there's a case to be made for Mario Maker. And I do think the, the interesting thing about Cyberpunk is I think a lot of its desire is coming from the potential. Like Cyberpunk, you're really not going to know how good it is until you play it. Like any game right. offering yeah. freedom and character building like that it can look phenomenal until you actually, you just don't know. Whereas Last of Us Part Two, I'm very confident, but I'm confident because I think they're making a very similar type of game. Right. And so my, my expectations there, I think, are a little bit easier. Whereas sort of in the same vein, it's like The Witcher 3 was CD Projekt Red's like first try <laughs> and making an open world RPG. Gotcha, gotcha. And it was pretty good. Right. They probably learned some lessons from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I definitely <laughs> think there is a, a history there that you yeah. can draw on. But it's kind of cool with Mario Maker 2 being like maybe more than any other game this year. This is probably something that I'm going to laugh with you guys the most. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. like belly laughs with you guys just making stuff and how easy it is to make stuff together and just seeing the absolutely stupid things we all come up with, it's going to be feel good. It's definitely got the feel good vote going for it. Okay, we have to settle the list. We Blood, it's proposed that Mario Maker, Super Mario Maker 2 is number one on the Desire Index. Unless you raise a stink, it's staying. I'm not raising a stink, that's uh, fine. Okay, is Cyberpunk above Last of Us Part 2 or is it not? It is for me. It, it is, is for me. me. Okay, so yeah. Cyberpunk 2077 is number two. Last of Us Part Two is number three. Doom Eternal number four, and Madden NFL 20 number five. Lock those in. That's the Desire Index. The only thing that's not sitting well with me, mm -hmm. and I just feel like this is gonna happen. Yeah. You don't know how to do good. Like, you're not ready for Doom. You're not ready for how good Doom is going to be. Ben, so when I first introduced the Desire Index, I put Doom in there. I'm like, haha, this is really going to make him stammer. And, like, everybody's just like, nah, Doom's the second. It's like, what? I think it is just, they just don't know yet. Yeah. They just don't know yet. Because, like, Doom, I get. I watched that trailer, and yes. I'm like, yes, I understand all of this. I think... People are going to be like, oh, it's just more Doom 2016. And, like, in very loose terms, it is. I don't think the world is ready for how good that game is going to be, or at least how impressive it's shown off so far. Of yeah. course, we don't know anything for certain. But if I was a betting man, based on what I've played, I would I'd Doom Eternal. It's going to do it. Like, I'd love to see the cyberpunk trailer where it is just raw gameplay for a sec. Like, using a grappling hook, shooting right. a guy, zipping around there. Zip, oh, zip, uh, quick zip, cuts. Zip. Quick cuts would be great. No, That's not quick cuts. Like, well, Doom, Doom Eternal just put out a straight-up, just raw... This, this I is... don't mean, like, super, like, blinking cuts, but I mean, like, so far, all we've gotten out of Cyberpunk are two, like, very cinematic story-based trailers and two... Well, and the second one's not even released. That was Hour-long too... chunks of gameplay. Well, we got the Keanu release date trailer, which was too much of quick cuts. He's like, a release date, and like we watched a, like a minute-long trailer. It was pop, 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 pop. I can't tell you one shot that was in the oh, trailer. Sure. Well, but you didn't see this year's demo, right? I did not. No. Right. Yeah, it's 45 straight minutes of gameplay. Is there, But, I mean, is there going to be like that, Ian, like grappling hook, like blop, blop, flop, going up to this platform, turning around? I just, don't know. I, I think in a lot of ways, though. It's a slower game. Yeah, it was, <laughs> so I, that's why those are my exact words. Gotcha. Sometimes it's a slower game. Okay. That's okay. I think from the two demos... It can maybe go either way. Yeah. It can be very fast or very slow. 
And that's why it's number two on the Easy Eyes Desire Index. Sorry, Ian. One last point about Cyberpunk, and we'll move on. I was just going to say, it was like in the demo. (laughs) (laughs) That wrong shot there. (laughs) Anyway, uh, in the the interview that Ben did with uh, that guy, he said that he's going to try to play it without any augments and without killing anyone for as long as possible. No augments. No augments, yeah. So I, I think that hopefully you can do a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, I just want to say, whenever we have the Desire Index around, mm-hmm. uh, the audience gets very frustrated by it, and I get it. I get that frustration. It's a weak segment. But just know, no, 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 just know <laughs> that, like, you know, <laughs> maybe... We're talking indiv- about games right now, at least. Yeah. Well, That's maybe- what I mean, right. Like, we talk about s- cyberpunk for 10 minutes just now. Right. I don't, I don't know if the Desire Index can be right. I think sometimes people... Oh, people I mean, yeah, that's the whole point. Right. That's the secret point. Right. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> Let's start corrections. Begin corrections music, please. Jones, wherever you are. Uh, Dota Underworlds is currently downloadable, free Underlords. to play. Underlords. Underlords, excuse me. A- anybody can download that right now, free to play. You don't need that... Uh, pass or whatever on your phone or pc and it's great oh uh the original auto chess was actually pokemon based it was a mod for warcraft three years ago and the dota mod that caught on now was based off of that original pokemon version huh by the same person no huh but like that was the first ever basically auto chess design was a pokemon mod i just gotta say uh as somebody who for no particular reason was very disinterested in the whole auto chess phenomenon just Mm -hmm. didn't care and then saw Dota Underlords on Steam and gave it a whirl, and I get it. I think it is pretty rad. Still in, like, my infancy with Auto Chess, but I, it is catching on with good reason. So these two things came out at the same time? Nearly the same time. Uh, yeah. Auto Chess, earlier this year, Blood. It's been all just a well, span of months. Oh, got, like, an announcement. It is official release. It is it. funny, yeah. though, like, how hungrily... Different companies are trying to get as much of the auto chess pie as they yeah. can. Yeah. I can't believe right, right, how Riot got it together, right? Because right. Valve was like aware of it. That's their mod on their thing, and they had the whole meeting and everything. But Riot's like, hey, we need people who can do this. And they did somehow. Yeah, Ben, I was watching like gold management t- strategy videos about Dota Underlords Whoa. like two nights ago. I haven't hit that point yet. I'm just, I'm just having fair. fun like trial and erroring it. It's great. Um, we talked a lot about playing Cyberpunk on Stadia uh, without mentioning that it has not yet been confirmed for Stadia. Uh, <laughs> there's a debate in the comments about whether Timmy and Tommy are Tom Nook's nephews or not. I believe they are. They're not his children, certainly, but we don't know. Hmm. They might just be pupils. Really? I think they're failed they've, clones. They've got to <laughs> Please investigate. I feel like they've got to be related. Uh, the Dark Crystal strategy game will be on Switch, PC, and PS4. Uh, this is really funny. The Panzer Dragoon remasters were officially announced already. And so when I looked at that Polygon article, it's not that they had a scoop. They were just reporting the news. <laughs> and corrections music, please. Uh, this is a funny comment. I like this one, too. It's from Jesse Vitelli. Just wanted to say... My grandmother used to be on the Mahjong Association and would help decide yearly what would change. Basically, every year a new card comes out that has a list of playable hands. Nothing about the game itself changes, just which tile sets you are trying to match. Think of it like a sort of like a new set of Magic the Gathering cards coming out and thus becoming the new tournament standard. Not a correction or anything, just wanted to share. Thank you for sharing. That's awesome. 
That is cool. awesome. Nice. The official Mahjong Association creating those hands. Gamers for life. Must be fun. Like, uh, what about this combination? Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. And this was kind of a correction, more of an update. Uh, last week, Brandon Jones created a very popular new character named Lockhart, Anaconda Lockhart. Uh, an Australian man who's just out seeking adventure. <laughs> uh, he's already dead. He died. Oh, yeah. okay. The gators got him. Uh, crocodiles. Excuse me, crocodiles. Uh, so uh, what happened is it was kind of hinted at. We kind of got the impression back at E3 when only one console was talked about. And here's the, here's the lead up, though. I want to get into this. I'm just picturing Phil Spencer doing exactly that. <laughs> just a little This is what arm. I'm saying, you guys. This is what I'm saying. Right you kind of get what I'm putting down here. Yeah. Um, so I wanna, first, I want to begin with uh, what Phil Spencer said last year, which is why we first thought, hey, maybe Scarlet's going to be more than one console. Okay. He says, and of course, our hardware team, the same team that delivered unprecedented performance with Xbox One X, is deep into architecting the next Xbox consoles, where we will once again deliver on our commitment to set the benchmark for console gaming. Okay. I was, it's really weird in the presentation when they're like frame rates that you've never seen before. What do you mean? I've seen them. (laughs) Xbox hasn't seen them. Yeah. When they say we, we mean like... But th- th- that's that's not the tone <laughs> that they're saying. They're like, you, you've you never seen a frame rate like this. Mm-hmm. Not on a console, my friend. So Business Insider... Not for that price. Your, your TV probably has to be able to support that high of a frame rate, right? Yes. You need a 120 hertz TV. Right. And I do not have such a thing. Um, so Business Insider interviewed Phil Spencer and asked him about that in particular. And his, this is his response. Uh, last year we said consoles... And we've shipped a console, and we're now, and we've now mm-hmm. detailed another console. Yep, yep. I think that's plural. Uh, <laughs> Xbox <laughs> One, all digital. Right, uh, right, and that's exactly it. Earlier this year, they shipped the Xbox One S, where they just cover the DVD drive, uh, <laughs> the Blu-ray drive. Excuse me. Um, technically, that is plural. That, actually, if that was what they did, that would be hilarious. Like you take the the the, the box, open it up. Oh, look, there's a Blu-ray drive in here. Yeah, that yeah, use. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just sealed shut. Um, te- but here, he said with a laugh. He says, technically, that is plural. Spencer said with a laugh after I pushed him on the technicality he invoked. Right now, he said, we're focused on Project Scarlet and what we put on stage. Uh, so uh, we're all led to believe, and actually we have some other things. Uh, Eurogamer was kind of talking about it. Uh, Therat, uh, who once uh, told everybody about Anaconda and Lockhart, now says it's just the one console. It is just the big, beefy bad boy. Uh, there is no little, mini, uh, streamy-focused, uh, less-powered next-gen console. Do we it know just which one, one it is? Anaconda, baby. Oh. Lockhart was the little weenie. Oh. I mean, to be fair... There's no sense to make a new little weenie, right? Yes, I think <laughs> like, so. It, the, it like was the too Xbox crazy. One X can be the little weenie. Yes, um, and yeah, even in the Eurogamer uh, Digital Foundry like podcast they had after E3, they were talking about how they had actually spoken to some developers' blood, and they were just not excited about that prospect, and they would actually have to basically upscale up from the lo- the lower console, other than downscale from the Anaconda. Mm. Uh, and so they were just not looking forward to it. Just as you as a consumer, like, I don't want there to be two. Developers are also like, I don't want there to be two. Uh, and so somewhere along the lines, somewhere within the last six months or eight months. I'm trying to remember when this 
the Wii U had two like very different releases. Remember, like one only had like a quarter the size of the memory, mm-hmm. and, and like nobody bought that version. Yeah, the white one. Yeah. Yes. Well, get, getting the larger Wii U. You download one game on that internal storage. You're like, well, that's it. I can't do anything else <laughs> with it. I need an external. Yeah, yeah, I need an external drive. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, don't do that. Don't just just have the one. The early adopters will support it. Is what how I feel. Right. I can imagine whenever they have those conversations with developers, they're just like, "Screw! Just make it easier for us, yes. please, please. Just make it easier. This is going to be so simple. There's one that's less powerful <laughs> and one that's more powerful. No, stop it. This is what we have in mind for SKUs. We're we're trying <laughs> to make worlds. Please. <laughs> there's all. I think there's also the gift effect, right? Huh. Like when you launch this thing. And somebody's gonna buy it for somebody else for Christmas, and you get the wrong one, and you just don't. You Look, don't want to go down that road. This is insane because Jones made that same point. Okay. And it bothered me for a week, man, because I was thinking like, "Hey, kid, you just got an Xbox. Like, who cares if it's a Lockhart, bud? You just got an Xbox for Christmas." <laughs> but that's like, not how the world <laughs> works, man. It is like I've got so many weird, like, not the right presents throughout my years, and I love those things. Because you're a good person. <laughs> Jimmy, right, are you are you excited about your new Xbox? <laughs> it's a Lockhart. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, Jimmy, that's cool, dude. That's like, man, you are just a child. You can't buy your own. Deal with the one that you were gifted, bud. I just, I can't feel bad for him. I can't. But then, but the, you know, like, Jimmy gets the Lockhart. Yeah. And then, you know, like, that bully Susan at school gets the, the, the whatever. Anaconda. anaconda. She's an anaconda woman. Yeah, and then, like, you know, Jimmy's Wait. just, like, second fiddle once again. Are there are know? there lunch tables <laughs> at school where it's, like, only the Scarlet kids <laughs> yeah. can hang out here? We're only anacondas over here. <laughs> Look at these Lockharts. Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, there's a lot to separate children economically already. But, man, I just, uh Blood, I got like, don't, do not sympathize for the children who get a less powerful next gen console for Christmas, please. Please. Jones, you too. I, I know mean, you're listening. Thing, though, it's, it's not, it's the thing is, is, it's a mistake. And so, like, it just becomes this hat, like, you just got the wrong thing because you didn't know rather than, oh, we got this thing because this is all we can afford. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I got like, Wheel of Fortune on NES, man. It's was, it was like cool, new game. I got yeah, that, was, that I definitely had that phase. I got Wheel of Fortune and yeah. Monopoly on and Where's Waldo and Genesis. Yeah, you know I had a pretty good time. Yes, and it, that was not the reason I was uncool. I had, I had win, lose, or draw on Commodore sixty four. Wait, did you draw it in the game? I'm you trying like, to remember use how, the joystick. No, uh, well, I'm trying to remember how the drawing worked. It's interesting. Uh, look back at a video or you want to be at a point where any game you get is exciting. Uh, kind of. Yes. Or or at least be open to any game being exciting. That's childhood. That's child. Man, I tell you that when I walked out of Target one time, I saw a little receipt that was like a kid's wish list. And V-Bucks was on it. It was like, give me 200 V-Bucks. Uh, okay, Never been man. more hurt. I think it's just a generational divide. Here. It is, dude. But that thing's gone. That's, maybe, that's, maybe he loves those Vipas. They're gone already. You don't love that skin. You got a thousand new skins since last Christmas. You're telling me you never opened up a pack of Pokemon cards and it wasn't a, like a little disappointing? I kept them. Yeah, you kept them. He's gonna keep that hat or whatever <laughs> it is. I guess. 
Like, let kids enjoy the V-Bucks. Okay. Enjoy those V-Bucks. Because you're right, I've absolutely thrown away cards in my lifetime, Pokemon cards. Yeah. Okay. Listen. Fair enough. Life's a wild ride. We're trying to just have as much fun as we can. Mm-hmm. If it's V-Bucks, so be it. Uh, as a podcast moderator, for like the last 10 minutes, I'm like, how am I going to transition into my next <laughs> serious news story? We're going to have to just pop, like, s- slam on the brakes here. Apologies to everyone. Uh, but I want to get like a kind of serious headline in here. Uh, because uh, this week, a YouTube creator, Etika, was found dead in a body of water uh, uh, after leaving a suicidal note basically uploaded on YouTube, which has since been taken down from YouTube. And I guess what, what is sad, what is why it's a discussion, is that this was not the first sign of any mm. uh, uh, mental health issues he may have had. Uh, he had been hospitalized twice in the months prior. Uh, and, I mean, yeah, I mean, just outwardly spoke about things like this. And it, it was just, it's been, it's been hard, you know what I mean? Because I feel like everyone who saw one of those tweets or watched one of those videos may feel like, like what could have been done more, right? Uh, and so, yeah, that's why I wanted to cover it. I know it's gaming adjacent, but it's at least worth, like, bringing up. It's worth bringing more awareness to uh, because there are solutions out there, obviously, Uh uh, let me just give one to our audience. Uh, if you just text 741741, that's a suicide prevention hotline. Uh, obviously, you can Google it, uh, suicide prevention hotlines, but they are, like, good. I realize that, like, it probably sucks to have to, like, dial into a suicide prevention hotline on a phone and, like, talk to a stranger about this stuff. I have a friend who, like, does this for his job, and, like, it helps. He can help. He's, like, funny. You know what I mean? You can have, like, a not bad conversation. Mm-hmm. The professionals... Obviously, anyone should reach out to family and friends and just like the more you discuss, the less power those impulses have. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Wanted to bring it up. It's not really like a, a hot headline to discuss and, and get through, but I wanted to bring that up on this week's podcast. Yeah, um, I, I think even though like there are a lot of people out there talking about like, hey, like if you need help, go get it and that is a great thing yeah i do think there still is this this i guess hmm, perception of a stigma about reaching out yes. like like if you call somebody or or you use a hotline like that, that 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 somehow like makes you like a weirdo or something and that's that's not true right like i think mm-hmm. that takes an incredible amount of strength and you're just trying to help yourself, and you can't fault anyone for... And you're going to feel weird about it. Like, it's, it's a hard step to take, but know that, like, it's, it's okay. There's, that you're, you are showing just so much courage and strength in doing that. And, like, people want to help you. People want you around. And, yeah, I don't know. I, <clears throat> I, I just think sometimes that needs to be hammered home. Like, th- th- it's okay. A lot of people need help. And yeah. it's, it's a good thing to reach out for. Yeah, I think there might be a larger conversation to have as well about, you know, social media, YouTube, Twitch, and just how that affects a human and just negativity and things like that. I don't like. I'm uh, yeah, I mean, I think. One. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's just good to get out and get around real people mm-hmm. and to to get yourself in a place where, you know, you have people in your life that you can have those kinds of vulnerable discussions with. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's ultimately, you know, one of the things that, that happens is 
there are people that, that love you and that are close to you and they don't have any idea. They yeah. have no idea what you're going through and it comes as complete shock, a complete blindside that, you know, they would have dropped everything to, to help you out um, if they could have. Yeah. If they could have known. Um, I know I know you don't want to like open up a whole conversation about social media, but sure. just a very quick like personal thing for me uh, is like Twitter, for example. Like for for years I've I've been very active on Twitter and I just kind of got to a point where I just needed to not do that. Um, and I think once you get so invested in these things, you can feel like this obligation or it's like i have to do this mm -hmm. and it, it just gets it it gets this like weird sort of like vice grip on your life in a way that like it shouldn't have um and so i just stopped i've just i've just kind of like not posted for a while and it really does help like sure. it's it's like sometimes you just need to step away from that stuff and i don't think you realize the effect that it's having on your attitude mm -hmm. until you step away and yeah. so um, yeah, even if there's even if you're not reading a bunch of negativity on Twitter, sometimes right. it, it just puts your brain in this kind of anxious state where there's just yes. so many things happening or conflicting opinions or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't even have to be blood. I'm so glad you said that. it doesn't even have to be people being nasty or mean or whatever. It it's just that anxiousness that it, that it can induce. And I'm not I'm I'm not saying everybody has to do this. Maybe you love Twitter and you're like chatting with people on there and it's a great outlet for you it's just going to be different for different people but know that like you don't have to do it like you can make that choice and that's okay so that's all cool thank you panel yeah i uh i i, I don't know if this is uh, the place for it but i had two experiences uh with suicide of friends and um one you know they went through with it uh, jumped off a bridge uh and, you know, had messaged just right before it happened and, like, you know, was a, had been struggling with mental health for issues for a long time, but none of us realized it, how serious it was. And, like, that was the, the pre prevailing thing that we had all talked about after it happened was, like, God, I just wish that he had talked to us or that we had known to talk to him. And, like, I do think it, it has a lot to do with, like, like you said, that stigma and, like, the fear of judgment and and that kind of thing and it's just like it's such a powerful fear but like i had another friend who called me like in the situation you know and like we talked and now everything is so much better and like they made it through it hmm. and um you know it just to to have gone through the other thing and then to have him call me and then like we got through it together and it was terrifying and i was like oh my god what's happening you know like I, you know, I don't know how suicide prevention hotline people, like, wow, it's so amazing what they do. But, like, you know, the fact that, that the stigma was overcome in that situation, you know, like, I, th I think about it all the time, and it's just, like, so powerful. Yeah, so, like, always get help, even if it's not that serious. Like, reach out to someone, talk to someone. Yeah, because it's super intense and the Im impact it has on the other people's lives is so intense yeah Ian that was the right time to share that thank you okay <laughs> appreciate that uh, and now to awkwardly bounce into more silly stupid video game stuff uh, a One Punch Man fighting game was announced today hmm. One Punch Man a hero nobody knows 
coming to PC, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Bandai Namco, of course, publishing, Spike Chunsoft, developing, who just did Jump Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming soon. We don't know what that means. Okay. 3v3, One Punch Man characters, four have been shown, Saitama, Genos, Moomin Rider, and Speed of Sound Sonic. And, like, I cannot be less excited about this game. Yeah, I think that's understandable. Yeah, sure. man. Like, I love I love One Punch Man. I feel mm-hmm. like this is the wrong thing to do with that franchise. Yeah. It's, there's there's kind of the general, like, well, it's it's a licensed anime game. We have no idea if it's going to be good, yeah. even if it was a different series. And then there's just the fact that it's one punch man mm-hmm. and he ends fights in one punch how is that going to play out right. also like how serious here. are they going to play it what's the tone going to be yeah. there's there's a lot of questions if i didn't know the show and i watched that trailer uh i would think the tone is pretty serious right you would you would maybe not have a great idea of what that show is about yes yeah sorry yeah. ian i miss your point oh i just said dropkick is a one hit kill uh, there are a few one-hit kill fighting games that you know they're fun. Dive kick, dive kick. Sorry, yes, dive kick. yes, yes, yes. Good, um, good example. Yeah, right. But <laughs> but they're more like a fun party, like novelty game kind of a thing. You know? Saitama is the one ending everybody in one punch. The other characters are not. Right. Yeah. So there's a disparity. Yes. You know what? There was another character, uh, Blizzard Woman. Uh, the younger sister of the woman with yes. green hair. Is, is it, it's like Hellish Blizzard? Yeah, something like that. She was in that trailer, too. I'm mm. so bad with names. Oh, me too. And oh. they all have really funny names. They all yeah. have, like, cute names. But, yeah, it's like a, it's such a bummer to have, like, this franchise that you, like, respect and you're, like, really into. And then to have, like, it turn into a fighting game where, like, the rules of the show can't possibly apply, I guess. I mean, it's oh, it's like a 3v3. Eight, yeah. 80% of Bandai Namco's anime games. <laughs> no, because, well, I mean, you're right, but then, like, the, you know, we have Kakarot coming. Uh, sure. And, no, like, I mean, those Naruto they've got, games would, they've like... Got, yeah, they've got some good Dragon Ball and Naruto games, and then they've got, like, a ton of other things that most people don't even realize are coming out, and they just, like, pop up on the shelf. There it is. Sure. Yes, Hellish Hellish Blizzard. Hellish Blizzard. Well done, Ben. And, I mean, yeah, like, Dragon Ball Fighters, obviously power levels aren't relevant there, but, yeah. I don't know. It's like It's, like, the whole point of One Punch Man, man. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see is a good response to that. Uh, We're about to introduce a brand new segment to the podcast. It's called I'm Disinterested. Uh, This is a a segment in which we express our disinterest in a particular headline or or video game. Uh, This week, uh, we're talking about how Harry Potter Wizards Unite was released recently. And this is from Niantic, who, of course, made Pokemon Go. It's their first big game since Pokemon Go, releasing on mobile platforms. I'm so disinterested in Harry Potter Wizards Unite. I would rather make a a paper airplane out of toilet paper. <clears throat> now we now we go. Yeah. What do uh, you got? Oh, Bud's got one. I have never gotten into Harry Potter. No, no, no. It has to start with. <laughs> okay. I'm so disinterested. I'm just so disinterested in Harry, Harry Potter, Potter Wizards, Wizards Unite, Unite because mm-hmm. I've never gotten into Harry Potter. Whoa. I've never played Pokemon Go, mm-hmm. and, and I've pretty much never even played mobile games. So it's like a triple strike. Triple strike, baby. <laughs> You're going to get a lot of recommendations for Harry Potter stuff, too, blood. I'm so disinterested. I don't remember the name of the and, game. <laughs> <laughs> Done. That works. That works. Ian, Wait, you got one? No. 
That was only the, it wasn't even the thing. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, that was a good one. That was a good one, though. You had a good one. All right. I'll get let you into one and bounce right back. Yep. Nope. Okay. okay. All right. Ian, what do you got? Uh, I'm so disinterested in Wizards Unite. I thought about putting Pokemon Go back on my phone. Ooh, that's a good one. Ooh, nice. Uh, ben, go ahead. I'm so disinterested in Wizards Unite. I would rather watch an eight-hour magic show performed by Randy Pitchford. <laughs> <laughs> End segment. Oh, wow. <laughs> ben wins. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all hear that? <laughs> it sounds like it's podcast halftime. The following are the official sponsors of Easy Allies for the month of June. Sweet Justice, a sound design company from the southern shores of the UK. They've worked on some of the biggest AAA titles, the most refreshing indie titles, and collaborated with the best development teams in the world. El Thanis. Uniqlo, a Japanese fashion brand aiming to change the world through the power of clothing. With a focus on high-quality and innovative textiles, Uniqlo is redefining everyday clothing by increasing the functionality of your wardrobe at an affordable price. They call it Lifewear Made for All. Visit Uniqlo.com slash EZA to check out their collections, including new graphic t-shirt collaborations with Blizzard, Marvel, Street Fighter, Monster Hunter, and many more. That's Uniqlo.com slash EZA. Fangamer, makers of officially licensed merchandise for games like Dark Souls, Hollow Knight, Stardew Valley, Undertale, Katamari Damacy, and Persona 5. Not to mention, Easy Allies t-shirts. Their newest products include the Hollow Knight Collector's Edition for Switch, PS4, and PC, a Prince and Katamari Magnetic Plush, and a Sans hoodie from Undertale. Check out their store at Fangamer.com. Our gifted sponsor is the Able Gamers Foundation, a nonprofit charity that aims to improve the overall quality of life for those with disabilities through the power of video games, creating opportunities that enable play in order to combat social isolation, foster inclusive communities, and improve the quality of life for people with disabilities. The link to donate is in the description. David Erdy. Hoag Law Business Law Firm. Starting, funding, or selling your business? Signing contracts? You get it. Go to Hoag Law. On to the good stuff. The case against Kyle Bossman and Michael Huber, E3 2019. Dive deep into the seedy intersection of gambling, musical performances, debt, dreaming, and Japanese role-playing games as the case is made against the titular duo on this Dateline-inspired tongue-in-cheek episode of Virtual Legality. Justice delayed is justice denied. Check it all out at youtube.com slash H-O-E-G law. Lynn Aslin, a software engineer searching for opportunities to learn and grow. He has over a year of industry experience programming in C++, C Sharp, and Python. As a graduate of the University of Connecticut's Master Program for Computer Science and Engineering, Lynn has explored the fields of cloud computing, computational geometry, and more. If you're looking for an ally to join your team, visit his website, lynnasselin.com, for his resume, sample works, and contact details. Again, that's L-Y-N-N-A-S-S-E-L-I-N.com. You can also find him streaming near Automata at twitch.tv slash shout out to Yoko Taro. Car Keys Express. If you need a replacement car key or a remote, check out carkeysexpress.com slash store. Use the coupon code EZA at checkout for free shipping and 10% off of your order. They are proud sponsors of Easy Allies. And our mega sponsor, Heroic Replicas. The fine folks at Heroic Replicas design and fabricate true-to-form, high-quality replicas and props. From legendary gear to keepsakes or all-metal creations, Heroic Replicas can make something special for you. 
Are you an indie studio or an established developer looking for an outstanding convention showpiece? Heroic Replicas to the rescue. They're accepting commissions for late 2019 and early 2020. You can view their portfolio or drop them a line by visiting their website at heroicreplicas.com. All of these links are available in the description. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you, sponsors. Uh, you've been watching SGDQ? Uh, when I can, yeah. It's like my favorite, like one of my favorite events to just watch throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heroic Replicas is like, hey, check out the Sword and Shield. Yeah, we I showed that image in the latest Frame Trap episode, and then oh, it was like kind of trippy seeing it mm. and cool. Yeah, seeing it in SGDQ. That Hylian Shield is looking good. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty impressive. I've seen, you know, let's be honest, I've seen a thousand Master Swords, but that Hylian Shield. Uh, do you have a run so far that you've seen that that's like been a highlight? I like when they're not making jokes. I like oh. when they're just straight up playing the game and like talking about interesting things. My least favorite thing, Ben. Thank you for allowing me to riff. <laughs> I got a locked and loaded takedown for the people who are just like, okay, and now we're gonna break through this door because that's what we're supposed to do. Okay. We're going to break this little guy because that's what this game wants us to do. Yeah. And it's like that for the whole thing. It's just talk about the game. You don't have to do that. And then the couch has to, like, giggle at it. Oh, man. That is a very prevalent kind of attitude. Yeah. I I blame BBT. I love GDQ, but, like. Man, yeah. I do think some of the speedrunners are legitimately funny. They are. They are funny, very funny ones. They exist. Yes. And they can be, like, truly, truly funny. The funny, the best way to be funny is just to be natural, to make natural observations and be yourself. But, like, it's like BBT sarcasm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Kyle, I do think... Like, I, I get it, and I do think it's annoying. Yeah. But that's, a, that's an easy thing to say. It's a hard thing to do, especially maybe if you're not used to performing in front of a live audience and if you're aware that thousands of people are watching you it can sometimes cause you to go into behaviors that are a little awkward it's a larger live audience than i will ever have (laughs) (laughs) to be clear yes some sympathy yes yeah i do i do absolutely i was really frustrated because i was i had the metroid prime speedrun on and i was like playing a game and trying to enjoy the speedrun at the same time and i was just like i i can't i'm not getting enough here and so I just I need to focus on the speed run if I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, Uncharted One was the, I think my favorite run so far. Oh, cool! It was mm. a cool one. I did not see that one. Uh, no jokes. Felt nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to cover this story. Let us just let us just barely cover this story because okay. this is the headline, right? That EA is renaming loot boxes, and it's not quite accurate. However, what is there is hilarious. Uh, so what is happening? is uh, there was, uh, uh, shoot, it's like a meeting. uh, It it is the United Kingdom's Digital Culture and Media and Digital Culture, Media, and Sport Committee was basically interrogating EA about loot boxes and and the nature of the loot boxes and, uh, you know, the randomness and basically if people who are susceptible to gambling are susceptible to these things. EA had Carrie Hopkins, who is the vice president of legal and government affairs, answering questions. And so here's what was asked of her. Do you consider loot boxes to be an ethical feature of your games? Which is, I mean, no. 
right? No. You just can't you can't say yes to that. That's not true. Uh, it's it's dirty. Right. Uh, so here's what she said. Well, first of all, we well first we don't call them loot boxes. <laughs> what we look at them as surprise mechanics. But I think it's important to look at this. So if you go to a, I don't know what your version of Target is, but a store that sells a lot of toys, and you do a search for surprise toys, what you'll find is that this is something people enjoy. They enjoy surprises. And so it's something that's been part of toys for years, whether it's Kinder Eggs or Hatchimals or LOL Surprise. We do think that the way we have implemented these kinds of mechanics, and FIFA is, of course, a big one, FIFA Ultimate Team and our packs, is actually quite ethical and quite fun and enjoyable to people. I want to thank uh, at Nebellion, who like found that clip, put it up online, and even like the Game Informer article just, just had that right there. Um, so obviously it's like, hey, EA, you can't rename loot boxes. Like the thing is, like I, I, I believe internally when they're making FIFA, they're not like, and here are our loot box mechanics. You know I don't I mean? buy that for a second. You think they call it a loot box internally? You can't be making something yeah. that is so clearly a thing. You can't be that close to something and be like, well, I just don't see it that way. Like you have to see it. Yeah. I don't think you could make it as well as you do if you didn't see it. Like, I just don't buy the ignorance plea. Uh, by the way, I do want to apologize quickly for uh, transcribing the awkward pause if you go to it. Like, I realize that's not the right thing to do. Uh, I was, that was my own transcription just from looking at that video. Uh, yeah, so it, it's this weird thing of they are loot boxes, maybe not by name, but by nature, right? Right, but they're only not by name because they're being way too cute about it. Well, they're packs. Well, the, I mean, especially it's a, it's a lawyer. So, I mean, a lawyer is going right. to, yeah. yeah. Her, her but I feel like we're just dancing we around the point. Her right, language exactly is we don't that. call them that. That's all she said, right? She said we don't call them that. Yes. Well, she, she went first. She we went don't call further. Them loot boxes. Right. So, like, she knows they're loot boxes. She just says we don't call them that. Yeah. And she doesn't say we call them surprise mechanics. She says we look at them as surprise mechanics. Yeah. It's lawyer speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> surprise, we got your money. Yeah. Um, is there a difference between. FIFA card packs and Kinder Eggs? No, they're both shitty. <laughs> <laughs> they really are. And that's, that's, what's, that's what's so baffling about this response. Okay. Is she's like, well, our thing is awesome because these toys that kids enjoy that exploit children mm -hmm. are very popular. Yeah, she compared Th it directly amazing. to toys. Like she's undermining yes. her own argument with yes. a very specific example of something that is equally shitty. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And she's like, this clears me. Yep. Kinder eggs. What do you have you here? Got, you got nothing. Do you have targets here? What do you, I don't know what you have here. Yeah. Right. Like, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you call them in this land where you don't see our quite ethical surprise mechanics. Yeah. Like, what? This is this is bafflingly condescending. Yeah. I have a... I have a Kyle, panel, I have what maybe is a bad take. I don't yeah. know. I want to hear a bad take. Let's like, hear this. My take with... Because it's funny, like, you call Kinder Eggs shitty and stuff, which, like, I, I know you're, like, kind of joking, but, like... Like to me, like you know, casinos, lottery tickets, loot, loot boxes, Kinder eggs, uh, you know, little wind up machine or the little windy machines that give you surprise packs, whatever. Like, they all fall under the like, hey, that's your choice banner for me. Like, mm -hmm. if you wanna, if you wanna go buy a lottery ticket, go for it. Like, I don't care what you do. 
Like, I don't. I don't think it's so much that people can't do these things. It's this person who owns the thing not being straightforward about it, trying to dress it up. Well, but as right, being more guess, than it actually is. Right. Well, yeah. Ethical. Trying to dress it up as ethical. Right. They're they're presenting themselves as like doing this tremendous service. It's it's not so like right. Of, of right. course, people have the freedom to do whatever they want. I don't think that's what's being argued here. It's how they're trying to twist it into this righteous thing. I think. But I mean, like to me, it's like the casinos just want your money. EA yeah. just wants your money. Like we yeah. know that. Yeah. So right. like, why is it shocking to us that companies are evil? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just because we know companies are evil doesn't make it any less awful when they blatantly reveal themselves to be evil. Like <laughs> true. Like if we stop calling them out, like like what other options do we have? Like this right, is right. this is right. I mean, <laughs> but I I think to me, I mean, this is definitely like one of the things that I've. I've questioned in terms of, you know, why why we hate this thing and not, you know, like a pack of baseball cards or whatever. And I th- I think the the difficulty really comes down to, you know, and this may seem antiquated in one way or another, but I think it's very true is that these are digital items versus real items. Mm-hmm. Like if you get a back pack of baseball cards, then yeah, like there's a card in there that could be worth you know ten times as much as any of the other cards, but then you can keep that thing and you can sell it later on. FIFA, you you'd spend all this money on these these loot boxes, these surprise mechanics, and in three years they shut off the servers and like okay, well that just all went down the drain. Yes, I think that's fair. Yeah, and you cannot resell those things. You absolutely cannot. And so really, I think that. Humans love surprises. That's true. Oh, we yeah. we ro- love rolling a die and it's like, oh, you win. Like your stupid little brain is tickled by that, right? Uh, so like, yeah, we like you open a Kinder Egg and you get a cool car. You're excited. That's just simply like, it's like how minds work. And I think what this is all leading to is regulation, right? It is leading to, hey, you have to be upfront with your odds. You know what I mean? With value, you have to be upfront with this and this. You can't do this much. You can't do that much. Uh, I do see this going toward regulation. I think it's going to happen. I cannot ever see EA giving up their little FIFA Ultimate Team packs. No. I mean, <laughs> the levy broke. I don't think microtransactions are going away. Right. Like, I, I think if that is the expectation, I don't think that is a realistic one. But keeping an eye on this stuff sounds good to me. Yeah. And also, I mean, it is encouraging to see stuff like Fortnite. Uh, Did have... you see the Gears announcement? Same thing? Uh, They're doing a battle pass? They were talking about, uh, I'd have to probably bring it up. Please um, do. There's a, Ian, if you can look for it, it's a Gears 5 tweet from like the last day or two where they just had like a bunch of green check boxes and like one of the things, was, it sounds like they're not doing any kind of surprise mechanics. It's like anything that you can buy, like you'll directly buy the thing. Which Here is it nice. Is. Okay, read that out for us, Blood. So. From? Uh, from Gear, at Gears of War. Yeah. Which is interesting since the game is just Gears 5 now, but okay. <laughs> um, no gear packs, no season pass. Direct purchases with no RNG, exclusive earnable content in the all-new Tour of Duty system, and then they have a link to like get all the real. So details. that's a battle pass. The Tour of Duty system is a battle pass. Uh, I like this. I like that this is basically it's just a way more upfront way of feeling like you're progressing through a multiplayer game. I have nothing bad to say about battle passes, basically. I mean, you could like look at Apex Legends, which got a hard time for being too much money for not enough things. 
But then we're just talking about balance from there. We're not talking about whether it's ethical or not uh, in the way that we are with uh, those stupid card packs. Yeah. And it, I do think a lot of it depends on a case-by-case situation, and it's, it's very easy to generalize. But just from like a game purchasing perspective, it has made things more complicated in like a frustrating way where now it's like, okay, first I need to figure out like what this game is. And sometimes the games can be very complicated, which is good. They're trying to have depth. And so you're trying to learn about the game. But then you have this whole other layer that sometimes feels entirely separate of like, okay, what do I have to buy? And it's just, it kind of has made the process of buying more exhausting because it feels like everything has those extra layers now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and of course, not everything does, but it's just when you're like, oh, I'm excited for these five games this month. Okay, how do I buy them? Like, it's, yeah. it's definitely a thing, man. It's definitely a and thing. And like, which version of it? Which version of it? Yes. If I get it, does it offer early access? If mm-hmm. I pre order, do I get access to the beta? What season pass is, are they going to offer? Are there different tiers of ways I can buy the DLC down the line? What items do I get in the story or in multiplayer? Like, it's a mess. Yeah. It's a mess. And from, like, I guess from a game company perspective, I don't think they're necessarily viewing it that way. I'm, I don't think they're necessarily thinking of, like, the volume. Like, people are having to make all these choices with every game. They're just focusing on their game. Sure. And maybe it's, like, very clear to them, well, this is clearly what we're offering. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Is Tour of Duty free in Gears 5? It's kind of I, I didn't get to f- read the whole thing. I just saw that tweet itself. Yeah, I'm reading it now because it says Tour of Duty will run in a seasonal format, which is like, well, that's a season pass then. But then it says there's no premium pay-only content for Tour of Duty. So I guess it's just, just the earnable. Sure. It, through gameplay? Interesting. Yeah, so like, uh, right, Fortnite and Apex, they'll charge you for their season passes. Or, sorry, what I forgot. Battle, pass. Battle passes. Uh, Crash Team Racing has a Battle Pass that will not cost money. Isn't that crazy? Oh, weird. That's that's how you'll unlock the new characters. That's how you'll unlock um, his girlfriend, whose name I always forget. But it doesn't Co- cost money? No, that's no. not. No. Huh. What? I was going to say nothing. I was going to say his sister. It's like, well, clearly that's not. I forgot the name of the... Coco is his sister. Right, Coco yeah. is his sister, not his girlfriend. I don't yeah. remember the name of the girlfriend. Uh, ex-girlfriend, though, because I did get this wrong on the podcast before what her name was, and like I got caught up on lore. She ended up with Pinstripe Boy, the weasel, the Pinstripe Weasel. Mm. They, they connected at one point. I did not know that. Uh, you would have to like look at like Japanese promotional art to know that because oh. there's a picture in the background of them together. I don't know what... <laughs> <laughs> dark okay. and dangerous places that's going to lead to. Yeah, please don't. Yeah. Pick it for me. Please don't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, hey, we'll see as that develops. A funny quote, um, you know, I, they, they got dragged all week for saying uh, surprise mechanics, but, like, you know, that wasn't the head of EA saying this is what we call loot boxes now. I, you know, it's just, but just an absurd discussion that was had. I do think there's this weird thing with EA where, like, they're expected to be shitty, and now I think it benefits them. Where it, when, you, when it's no longer a surprise for you to be shitty, I think you can just do it more freely. Mm. And that is really unfortunate. Yeah. That, that should not be the Or way. starting off their whole discussion on Jedi Fallen Order with, hey guys... Here's so all the we crap didn't that we're do not that doing. thing that we normally do. Yeah, well, that that tweet that you showed us with the check boxes is what they did for that. Yeah, the stupid little check boxes, no link boxes, no pay to win. Yeah, Ben, Ben. Yeah, 
uh, a Dota Underlords metaphor for yeah. EA. They're on a losing streak, <laughs> and now it's better for them to stay on a losing streak for a while to earn that losing streak bonus uh, until they can get their stuff in order and come back for the win. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm for it. Dota Underlords. <laughs> Become bad people. Um, <laughs> Tawna. Now, wait a minute. Tawna is the name of Crash Bandicoot's ex-girlfriend. What is it? Tawna. I thought you were saying the, the Xenoblade 2 standalone <laughs> DLC in a funny voice. Tawna. <laughs> hey, Tawna. Where are my shoes? Um, I'm checking to see if that's free. It doesn't sound right, but uh, yeah, I, I think that thing is just like free DLC that's coming. Too nuts. The Tour of Duty thing? Um, the Crash Bandicoot one and oh. the Tour of Duty one. So the difference, I'm sorry, that, that between those two games is, uh, you know, Fortnite free to play. Uh, Gears 5, 60 bucks. So I, I would expect yeah, the Battle Pass yeah, to be free, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I feel like Good we point. had a very revealing moment for Kyle Bossman hmm. right now where you were like, hey, I... It, this was bothering me. This lore thing was bothering me. Yeah. So I looked it up. Don't do this. And then you immediately looked it up. So <laughs> I think I think what you're saying is that if you have an animal platformer and yes. you have a, a question about lore, I will have to look it up. It was. I cannot help myself. Then, <laughs> to be frank, it was incidental. I was looking to see if you had to pay for the DLC, and her oh. name was in the article. But you know, sure. Oh, hey, uh, beat Piscatella is delayed one more week. We will beat him. We're going to beat, beat, beat Piscatella. Count on it. Uh, but unfortunately, we have to wait one more week. We just we s- simply weren't ready. Ian didn't feel ready uh, to like do the NPD battles yet. And I'm so we're shook. Just, I'm shook up. Yeah, so we're going to wait one more week, and then we're going to hopefully beat Matt Piscatella of the NPD group next week. Uh, it's time for Love and Respect. Love and Respect. And just to be clear on that, uh, when I say next week, this is like to stir on a bit where it's like, okay, and then next week we say next week, and then next week we say next week. This was not an official confirmation that something will be happening next week. Thank you, everybody. Okay, so uh, let me respect. This is where patrons of Easy Allies write us uh, questions, topics, um, and sometimes just nice things. In fact, Ian, I have, a requ- I have a request of you. Okay. Could you, for the entirety of this letter, stay on your camera? Oh, okay. Everyone will want to see your reaction to okay, this. Okay, I'm on it. Okay. Hey, Kyle. Just wanted to take a moment to explain why I put so much value on the desire index. Part of the reason why we commit at least $1 a month to the Easy Allies is because we appreciate your perspectives and opinions, and dare I say it, your personalities. Your outstanding dedication to the craft of reviewing and communicating your thoughts and feelings about games, as well as your integrity that shines through so much of what you guys do, never compromising yourselves in the process. When we watch a review, we understand that it represents a single reviewer and the language of every review shows that it speaks for all the allies. And in the same spirit, the desire index gives the community an overall impression of what games are on the radar of the allies and maybe which ones to keep your eyes on. Yes, of course no blind purchase should be made on the potential desire of a small group of random content creators, but it does help inform our awareness of games worth acknowledging as they get closer to release. We care about the easy allies and what games they are looking forward to, which is why I celebrate the birth, death, and rebirth of the Desire Index. Love and respect, Eric. (laughs) This is very good. 
<laughs> That's very good. Now you know. I, thank you for that. It helps. Uh, and can I tell you, uh, when I read that, that is why I was like, man, we should put Cyberpunk back on top. <laughs> 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 like, Desire Index is pointless and stupid, but I was like, man, it should be on it. It's not, it doesn't feel right. That, mm, that was a hard one for me. Oh, go on, please. Because I, I appreciate that, that the per, that person is putting so much value in our opinions. And I really do think that we do try to, yeah. to like acknowledge that people put value in us and, and honor that by, by taking it seriously and, and trying to cover stuff the best of our ability. But, you know, in the effort of being honest, sometimes it's just a joke. Yes. And it's not, <laughs> yes. that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's the, sometimes, like, it can't always be super serious all the time. Right. Like, sometimes we're just goofing off, and that is us being honest with our feelings. Yes. You know. I do think the overall truth eventually formulates bubbles to the top right. of the desire index. Right. The absolute truth of which games are most desirable. Yes. And sometimes it's messy, and that's honest. Yes. And sometimes it's Madden. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if anything will get under it. <laughs> Mahomes is the cover boy this year. They got Mahomes? They got Mahomes! I Sorry, I could just I tell you wanted a reaction to that. that Thank you, Ian. Patrick I think Mahomes. it's a football player. Yeah. He's my inspiration. Because when I'm playing a game and I'm getting mad, Crash Team Racing, for instance, yeah. I got to just be like, Mahomes, Mahomes. And that just prevents you from being like, what? Come on, stop it! That like gets you in the zone. You can focus. You realize you're just playing a dumb game. It's does okay. It, does it prevent you from doing that? It does. It helps a lot. Because okay. what? He's like 10 years younger than I am, probably 15 years younger you're than I am. You're asking me like I know. Uh, yeah, he's a 15-year-old boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm thinking. But, um, uh. You know, he's just like, he can play a professional football game without screaming. You know what I mean? Like, why am I so mad at Crash Bandicoot? He's 23. Thank you, Ian. So, yeah, he is 15 younger years. Do you think Mahomes would get mad if he played Crash Team Racing? Uh, No, because he plays Call of Duty, and you watch that clip, he doesn't get mad. That's impressive. Yeah, man. Call of Duty is very easy to get mad at. You need composure. You need world-class composure. We have two saucy ones left, and I'm, like, trying to determine which sauce to lay down on this panel. Give me the flavors of the sauces. Um, okay, so the first one is Final Fantasy VII flavored. Okay. <laughs> and then the second one is Fire Emblem flavored. I feel like there's been a lot of Final Fantasy sauce. Oh, you ready for some Fire Emblem I'm sauce? I'm ready for some Fire Emblem sauce. Okay. All right, and by the way, we're going to talk about uh, minor spoilers for this one. So uh, if you are nervous about Fire Emblem... Uh, three houses spoilers that were revealed during the Nintendo Treehouse. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Here we go. <laughs> Hello, allies. The E3 trailer for the Fire Emblem Three Houses got me thinking about the concept of spoilers related to early game decisions. As a refresher, the game has you choose one of three schoolhouses to lead, each with a house leader, and the E3 trailer reveals that each of the leaders have changed drastically over a five-year time jump. Frankly, I was disappointed about spoiling the reveal of the time jump and the transformations, but I might understand why it was done. Nobody wants to be burned from a decision they made more than 20 hours before. The same principle can be applied to Pokemon starters. People spoil the evolutionary stages of the starters to themselves for the same reason. I would like to know how the panel feels about this reckless disregard for spoilers related to early player decisions. Additionally, I pose this question. How much actual value is there from the surprise outcome of a blind pick? Love and respect, Austin. 
And there's a PS here with some data, which I like. In researching this question, I found interesting facts related to how Nintendo has handled promotional spoilers over the years. Prior to the release of Fire Emblem Awakening, there was no mention of children or marriage in the official promo videos. I believe the same is true for Fire Emblem Fates. Similarly, for Pokemon X and Y, the final starter evolutions were never officially revealed until the day of release. In contrast, for Sun and Moon, final evolutions were officially released three weeks prior. Anyone trying to avoid seeing the evolutions might have even been spoiled anyway as the thumbnail for the official reveal video had them front and center. Okay, panel. What do we think about this particular Fire Emblem thing? And then what do we think about this in general, this idea of spoiling for promotion? Well, he used the phrase, they had a reckless disregard. And I'm, yeah. I'm not sure, based on the evidence provided, that that is accurate. This may have been a very calculated decision. I don't, I don't think there was any recklessness about it. But it's also, I haven't played the game. I don't know the story. And so I don't know how consequential knowing this information is. And I don't know how it's going to be presented. It could be something that, when I finish it, I'll be like, man, I wish I didn't know that. Or it could be like, oh, okay, like that's... It, it, it doesn't matter as much that I know that there are a bunch of other things that happen. And so it's actually kind of good that I know going in, like he mentioned, uh, making the choice which house you're aligning yourself with. Maybe seeing them post time skip informs that decision in a positive way. I'm glad I know. I don't know. I don't have the full context. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that is something to keep in mind. I get that people get there are games that they are very attached to and they want to Keep that experience like as as whole as possible. They want they want to feel the magic. That's what it is. They're just prying themselves for magic. And so any um, any time that they think something interrupts that magic, they get really upset. And I get that. I think that's a natural response. But I think sometimes people get so focused on the thing that maybe will upset them that they forget about the game. Like, sometimes you just have to be like, I don't know. I think sometimes people are so sure that something is ruined for them mm -hmm. that they end up, like, making sure that it's ruined for them. They just get so fixated on it. Yeah. And it's just because they care a lot, and that's understandable. But I think sometimes it's important to take a step back and be like, maybe there's still a lot of magic left it'll be okay, and, and try to go into it with an open mind if possible. Yeah. Um, I think, though, like with Fire Emblem Awakening, man, yeah. when you get to that time skip, that's like, oh, whoa, cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think you can't repeat that. I don't feel like that's ruined for this game because it kind of seems like, oh, they're doing it again. Right. You know, mm -hmm. uh, obviously it'll be less of a time skip if it's five years instead of a whole generation of uh, children getting made. I mean... I almost feel like a time skip for this game was almost implied from the start. Why? Because like you're you're the whole focus on you being in a school, and you have these three different factions, and then the factions kind of go to war, right? Like, right. I mean, like that's like that's. I don't see how you can say anything about the game without that being one of the the factors. Like somewhere along the way, we're gonna skip over a. Um, no. no, so for me, Blood, I didn't f see that coming, and this actually makes the game more appealing to me because I right. thought I was going to be a headmaster for a bunch of teenagers for the entire game, and I thought that's really what they were selling this as. Yes, and that's the thing people need to keep in mind. So, Kyle, you mentioned the awakening thing. Mm -hmm. 
a lot of people are going into three houses not having that knowledge. Sure. So that's that's not a thing that they're paying attention to. Another common criticism that was coming up with three houses is they're like, oh, a school setting? Like, yeah. it's going to be... I was there, man. Yeah. Right. That's And they're, they're like, they, they assumed a tone, right? That it's, it's going to be too frivolous and lighthearted. That's not going to be serious. And so Nintendo, like, when you're marketing something, like... I have to imagine on some level it's an evolving process. Maybe they're like, okay, we're going to choose to show this because maybe it will get people on board that weren't on before and it will give it more accurate representation of what the tone of this game is actually going to be like. Mm-hmm. And so they're just trying to appeal to as many people as possible. Simple as that. Yeah. I also think, too, at some point, like if you're going to, ha- you know, like uh, if you're going to like have any kind of previews and stuff for this game, at some point, you're going to be showing stuff that's after that time skip. Right. And so, like, you've got to explain, like, how we got there. Like, this looks like a completely different game, what's going on. Like, you can't just say, oh, we're not going to tell you. Like, it, it, I think it's, like, there's probably so much of, like, just the core gameplay that they're going to have to show off at some point. Right. That it makes more sense to reveal this aspect of how this happens than to try to cover it up. I also think genre can play into how significant uh, a spoiler is for me because if you're dealing with a genre where maybe story isn't the focus um, and the, the game is not especially long, knowing that a time skip like this happens may be like the biggest thing in the story. But Fire Emblem, what is really fun is getting into the minutia. Seeing sure. how, like, the choices that you can make and the relationships you can establish, how those relationships establish over time, like, that's arguably more exciting for me than knowing that there's a time skip that happens. Sure. And so I, I also think that can kind of affect whether or not I'm, I'm bothered by something. Yeah. And uh, so, like, also to directly acknowledge, like, the Pokemon thing. Um, I believe they'll show the final evolutions. I think, you know, the final evolutions of Pokemon are promotional materials these days. Yeah. And what I would recommend to you, I mean, you can go Media Blackout, which is like what we're truly dedicated to doing. And that's the f- most fun thing in the world. I actually do think it's a huge value to just pop in and see what your thing evolves into as yeah. a surprise there. Um, is like you might, uh, to everyone who can't do that, like myself, uh, and when I see that YouTube thumb, that's going to have to be the reveal. That's going to have to be like, the, oh, cool, you know, instead right. of happening in the game. And I'm, you got to live with that, I guess. I do think that's a huge part of it where I, th- I think a lot of people are trying to be media blackout and mm-hmm. then they just see a stupid YouTube thumb yeah. that mm-hmm. ruins the whole and, thing. And like, I can't give it the power, Ben. And so, like, I've accepted I'm probably going to see all the Pokemon leading into that game. Can't give them that power. Kyle, do you think on some level there's fans who really care about something? that feel like they are lesser fans if they don't consume all the media. That, that, that like, they have this responsibility. Yeah, because there's discussions, right? Right. You're part of an online community that, like, is all discussing the most recent thing, and you can't be a part of that if you're ignoring everything. And so I could see, you know what I mean? Like, you can't even be in side conversations because they want to discuss that thing that happened with that one Pokemon sure. or right. Fire Emblem. I just had a weird thought. Yeah. Do you guys think that... And this is kind of like a Black Mirror episode kind of a deal, but like, oh, here we go. Uh, you know, years from now, maybe like Gen Z's children or something, like future, future, like where personal privacy is not really a thing anymore, and then like reveals aren't really a thing anymore. You're just companies are just transparent all the time about 
media like that. You know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that culture will will change to the to the extent that like people just want constant information about everything. They don't want to be surprised. Could that happen? I Ian, if I'm following trends, I say it's more about surprises than ever. Yeah. It's more about, you know, just end game. It's more just about, like, shocking people, more about true, trending true, true, all true. at one blast. Yeah, yeah Apex Legends. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whereas, you know, it used to be, like, magazines would reveal video games, and you'd find out about them, like, days apart from anyone else, you know. True. I don't know. I don't see it trending that way. Yeah, I think you're right. Interest in a product will be gauged by how many V-Bucks you get for <laughs> engaging in said product. And the weird thing is, Ben and Ian... Like, if we're going super future, if we're going Gen Z's, Z's children, right? <laughs> and they're, like, in the singularity, all these games already exist, and everyone is, the the consciousness is already aware of how those games will play and everything. Yeah. Like, it's just, there won't be any reveals because everyone everyone is aware of it all. Yeah. Companies are going to get so good at, yeah. and they're just going to have so much information from us that they'll they'll give you, like, an entire story. So, like, when they announce the product, mm-hmm. they'll be like, here's our product. Here's the backlash to the product. Here's <laughs> our response to the backlash. <laughs> and here's your ultimate acceptance. Like, they'll just lay it all out. And then we just all pre-order. Yeah. Right, right, <laughs> right. That, that will ha- they'll just do the entire story up front. Uh, ben, that I am convinced is true. Yeah. That I will see in my lifetime. Uh, it's time for bets. Next week's bet. It's about Super Mario Maker 2, which is releasing this Friday, June 28th. I'm going to look at the top 10 most recent reviews on OpenCritic.com. How many times will I see the word creativity? By the way, we're not counting uh, root words this time, so creative won't count. Creatively won't count. Creativity is the only word I'm counting. Ben. I don't, for, I don't think it'll be that much. I think there will be other words that will okay. be a trap. So I only put three. Mm. Three's good. That's a good bet. Daniel Bloodworth? Uh, I went with eight. Okay. I don't think everyone will say it. I think somebody will probably say it a couple times. That's usually what happens is one person just hoses us and says it five (laughs) times. Uh, I'm going six. Go ahead, Ian. Dang, I'm slotting right in there at seven. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that's a good coverage. Uh, Let me lock those in. Uh, Until Jones is back from paternal leave, just me over here. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Ian, if you would, could you pull up Twitch.tv? Sure. <laughs> uh, so last week's bet was about Samurai Showdown, which was released, released today, June mm. 25th. How many Twitch viewers will it have at this time, right now? Uh, Jones bet 5,000. Huber bet 26,000. Damiani bet 85,000. I bet 12,000. Ian bet 56,000. And as, ooh, I like those noises. As we pull up Twitch.tv and we browse... Uh, the list of titles. Here we go. Okay, we're scrolling down. Okay. Uh, Looking for Samurai Showdown. Looking for Samurai Showdown. We're pretty deep on the list. We're going pretty deep. There it is. It doesn't have a box already, and it's in the middle to the left. 2.9K. Let's see who it is. Let's see who's playing. I always like doing this. Chris G with 736 viewers. Oh, so it's actually like it's pretty spread out. Yeah. Yeah. Bunny Style? Is that that person's name? Bushin Style. Oh, Bushin Style. Cool. I feel like that will just change so much depending on, like, if there's, sometimes you'll click on a game, Mm -hmm. like, wow, this game has a lot of viewers. I don't normally see it up there. And it's just one giant streamer streaming it. Yeah. And then the next one over has, like, 70 viewers. Right. And so that influences it. Or if there's a big event. 
Obviously. It's good when they're spread out. Yeah, well, yeah. I was looking at what. Sorry, Ian. The name of that that uh, auto chess game again. Dota Underlords. Yeah, Dota Underlords is actually pretty spread out. If we check out how that's doing right now, it's probably in top five. Oh, Team Fight Tactics. I'm sorry, I get it mixed up. So Dota Lords is what is that seven, and then Team Fight Tactics number two. Yeah. Um, click on those though, because it's not like there's Team a Fight has 105k, right and Dota Underlords has 35,000. Team Fight. Yeah, 18K, 13K, 8K, 7K, 6K, 5K. Yeah, I like that. That's like a nice like curve. You know, it's just like an, it's not everybody's one person's eaten. Whereas Dota Underlords, 22K and then Shroud. 3K, yep. 5, Shroud. 2K. Uh, Shroud's eating it all. I, yep. have not, I have not checked into the Hearthstone scene in quite some time, but yeah. it's really interesting where like there were, in, in those different categories, a lot of Hearthstone's top dogs, top streamers were doing those games. Wow, that's so it's just it's just interesting. Just moving on, transitioning. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry, Ian. I gotta check out slots. <laughs> yeah, I was just noticing that. What is, is this? It? Somebody playing a slot machine? It totally is. It's just a category. Opening, push gaming, and somebody just playing the slots. Okay, best of luck to you. Legal casino, man. Look at that German casino down there. <laughs> <laughs> man, Twitch still has like a lot of. That Wild West internet. It does. In it. It's hiding around. You yeah. just got to look for it. There, there are some back alleys you can go into on Twitch. I was trying to find what Summer Games Done Quick was streaming because, you know, no, normally there's like a weird game in the top 10. What are, they, what are they streaming? Which one is theirs? I don't know. Would they be under special events? Or? No, it's always like a weird game that doesn't belong is like in top They're streaming 10. streaming Fortnite? They might be, uh, Zelda, it might be down Zelda down there. It might, they might be streaming Zelda. Third row. Oh, I would have... No, 8.8K? No, no, no. That's not them. That's not wait, them. Wait, wait. Let's go to... G- Speedruns Brazil. Maybe they're... They're it, between games yeah, right now? Yeah, they're between okay, games. Okay, yep, yep, okay. Yep. Okay, So anyway, uh, Jones won that one uh, pretty close with his bet of 5,000. So that brings us to Scrappy Little Pigs, 15. Uh, gorgeous... Gor- it's so weird. It's just me. Uh, gorgeous <laughs> Gorillas, 11. Who wins more, you or Jones? Uh, we're like tied. I think okay. he just beat me. We're like one has seven, one has eight. I think. Gotcha. Uh, uh, does that work out? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that does work out. Uh, yeah, we're not normally split. Normally, it's Jones carrying me, but like we're been pretty even. By the way, uh, Gorgeous Gorilla is pretty even too. It's like nobody's won more than two points. Hmm. Um, though I guess that can't be true if there are five of you and you're at eleven. So maybe one person got three. I don't know. Uh. Though I guess I gotta I gotta take all that stuff from Jones. Want to rem- remind everyone uh, before that Glenny's Cauldron is sealed, but the Glenny's Cauldron Jam has just begun. Not too late to join that. Uh, just do a Google search for Glenny's Cauldron Jam, and you'll find the itch.io link where you can uh, submit and become part of that strange community of people who are trying to make vile video games, bad games that are still fun. Uh, and I'm excited to see the results of that in. Uh, July. Um, Nine days, 11 hours. 72, minutes. we're up to 72 people in there? Nice. Yeah. Nice. And just to be clear, that won't be 72 games, but it's 72 people who are just checking it out, willing to contribute, feeling it out. Um, okay. Oh, and I should tell everybody about patreon.com slash easy allies. That is the URL you would go to if you want to uh, learn more about the easy allies, if you want to learn more about how you can uh, help out the easy allies. Uh, uh, there's a sponsor slot open. Hey, sponsor yeah. slot wide open. If you want to be part of podcast halftime, get in. Uh, was it uh, which one, Blood? Oh, who dropped? No, no, no. For which podcast? Is it this podcast? Oh, yeah. There's one for this, and I think there's two for Frame Trap. Nice. Hey, 
Get on in there. Get in there. Get in. Uh, so, yeah, cool. Uh, good to know. Oh, yeah, because this is the end of the month. Yeah. You're about to hear Jones rattle off a bunch of names at once I've finished this podcast. Um, a bunch of uh, podcast producers, which, hey, back into Patreon is an incentive. Uh, the incentive uh, that is probably most relevant to you as a listener of this podcast. $5 a month gets you uh, this podcast frame trap many other podcasts early uh and this one in particular you'll get on wednesdays as opposed to fridays and you get to submit to our silly segments uh okay so as uh, jones's recipient of that point i have the right and responsibility to share my twitter handle with the world i get to sign off from that trademark sign off i get the final word at anything i've want to disagree with i want to reiterate just hopped in my head and i get to promote any easy allies video i'd like to promote okay so at kyle bossman is my twitter handle i haven't tweeted in a while my last tweet, a little controversial, so I'm just like, it just, I'm like, I don't even know what what am I supposed to tweet. Controversial. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, final word. Jones doesn't rattle off the names. Excuse me. That was just me. That was me rattling off. He he cares about the names. He does like he brings in the old Jones. Chutzpah. Chutzpah. Chutzpah? Chutzpah. Chutzpah. That's it. You're right. It's chutzpah. Uh, he, you know, he brings the, the gravitas to those names. Uh, so that is that is what that tier is all about. A video I'd like, I would like to promote. Blood, I don't know if we're putting this on the main channel or the Easy Allies Plays channel, but the Easy Allies who lost the betting special. Mm. Oh, yeah, they're going the main. Okay. Yeah, so they'll get clipped out. We're about to just do some monologues uh, based off of... So what we had, we had a betting special leading into E3. Winner gets to name a play, uh, give a time period for this play, location for this play, and oh that was it just those three things um so now everybody else has to create a five minute monologue that takes place within that play that michael huber created uh and so it's going to be crazy uh we do get to read so we're just going to be reading off our our five minute monologues but they will be dramatic it's not just like monotone reading you got to tell them the theme yeah, you know what? I'll tell you the theme. If you're not sold yet, <laughs> so what Michael Huber chose is uh, the name of the play is "Who Am I?" Uh, the time period is 1992, and the location, which is really the theme the, that overrides everything else, the location is Kingdom Hearts. That don't get confused, audience. The play takes place within Kingdom Hearts as its location. <laughs> Kingdom the, Hearts apparently is a place. Yes. The heart of all worlds. Yeah. So that is where all of our plays will take place and probably be, you know, the factor of which the plot of our monologues uh, circle around. So, yeah, I think that's just going to be a wild, fun video. Look out for that. Uh, and that is it. Uh, tomorrow is forever. All ours. What I'm not a humongous fan of is Final Fantasy VII. What I am a huge fan of is marketing campaigns. Sexy. The Easy Allies would like to thank our Patreon podcast producers. We apologize in advance for all the ally names we are about to misspell and mispronounce. Heroic Replicas. Able Gamers. Car Keys Express. Elfenis, David Erdy, Fangamer, Hogue Law, Lynn Aslan, Sweet Justice, Uniqlo, Blue, 
Jojo Dentko, Circean Studios, Greg Kettering, Accounts Payable, Caleb Crawford, O.M. Hochstetler, Jesse Blue, Nick, Walker Hope, Will Schmuck, Mark Dalga, Bradley Spees, Demos Clay, Jay Shee, Paolo Costabel, Jake Musser, Richard G. Flowers, Beaten Down Brian, Dave Red, Zachary Wingate, Jan Tyson, Ken Layer, Corey Jackson, Professor Metal Gear, Dan Sebring, Michael Besegli, Andrew Reif, Sigma, Tim O'Keefe, Ethan R.C., Mick Roper, Robert Stoffel, Hayden Hargraves, Damnable Nook, Anti Ataraxia, Ali Cat, Happy Gaming, Chum Nguyen, Miguel Rivas, Discarded Digit, Thomas Wigginton Jr., Neil Bruce, Matthew Pauling, Gino A. Leet, James Vitt, Jason A. Sackle, Luke Bennett, Candy Coated Thorns, 44 Stars, G. Levin, G. Ken, Stephen Thomason, Yasser Kurbushi, Hitman 47, Ryan Anderson, Sam G., Marcel Giro 17 Frolic, Samsa Stormbomb, Alex A.I., S. Snake 24, Niz Klojgaard, Rack, John Burns, Brad Lohman, DRD 714, Brad Grenz, Todd Yurkovic, Joe Burns, Patrick Chong, Sam Hendrick, Andy Drew, Rickster EXE, Lars Berger, Jordan Kirk, Steve Fallon, Stephen Last, HMS May Cry, The Banana Forklift Killer, Joachim Morovuo, Mango, Kelvin Hartanto, Marcel Markov, David Wen, Jesper Lawson, Oni Blackmage, Matthew Holcomb, Daryl Schramm, Brent Phillips, Catherine Lai, Gary James, John Santoro, Neuromod, Robert Crouch, Michael Yao, Mikhail Aniel, Ritz 1906, Jeffrey Ruchtenwald, Rainier Dennis Bautista, Wavering Radiant, V8 Dave, Eric Gustafson, Paul Sway, Toasty Soul, Christian Hundorf, Daniel Fuchs, Tony Knox, I Sun Chor, Forrest, Caleb Ledoux, Mike Hook One, Vilar, Mauricio Fuentes, Token Gamer, Ian Ladarzik, Brian Foster, The Classiest Hobo, Vokaiser, Madman Kevin, Zinterax, Corey Landega, Unlucky Irish, Modren, Pooh Strongbeard, Paul Bishop, Travis Miosi, Carl Williams, Jalen Scott, Jake in Japan, Brandon White, Sean Mackey, Gabriel Aberg, Morpheus, Reed Johnson, Joe Rutsky, Nergal 131, Manuel Thomas, Adam Scherenbrock, Not Jack, Kurzestav Rogowski, Volker Bach, James Vest, Allison Burt, Ryan Feller, Jenny Markula, Bjornar Haraldsvik, Blake Bonsack, Sean Day Almeida, Cisco Ace Jackson Garcia, Trizak, Wouter DeHaze, Matthew Holmes, Eric Maynard, Fabian Winkler, General Piet, Hassan Kiat, Leon Keyes, Raymond Lee, Clay Roberts, JC3, Adam Lindsay, Siana Metz, Faraz Rizvi, Jared Wheeler, Jeff Easton, Dakota Hayes, Matthew Brown, Zustick, Don Turner, Misuki211, Alexander Zirianov, Aaron Kirk, Jesse Fish, Paul Molson, Jason Joint, Edison S. Prada Jr., Alexander Breveglieri, Sarah Wampler, Dimitri Zetas, Travis Ng, Ahmed Al Rashed, Butt Puddin, Tuttle, Furious Action Gamer, Jonathan and Amy Alconis, Stuart Siddall, Michael Shriver, Haley Hill, Andrew Stoke, Matt Gunther, There Is No Dana, Only Zool, Evan Eng, Joshua Vanswall, Kyle Quintero, Sebastian Trier, Aurelien Grenier, Michael Pliskin, Bonnie and Jason Connor, BBC Chan, Wenbo Shan, Stephen Walther, Matt, Kevin Camposano, Carlos Zuniga, Diggles, Ryan Cohen, XWF Outlaw, Ibrahim Sozer, Jack Cullen, 
Momo Rashid, Rickard Enbaum, Michael Clendenan, Bread Roll Art, Sean German Efficiency Clinton, Lee Young, Timo Yeager, Lindsey Wells, Eddie Reisner, Chase Caldwell, Palkin Stirs and Stirs, Nicholas Kroboff, Barry, Mikey Mizek Novak, Joey Din, Luca Martini, Gon Ken, Adam Henry, Ms. Racy, Beautiful Kai, Sean Rowe, Caffeine Rage, David Kennedy, Strikeout NZ, Michael Lay, Kenneth Proceus, Mike Calvi, Flahavin, Anthony Daniel Galvin, Daniel Wong, Hadi Ali, Jameson Anderson, Noah Weinstein, Vincent Foliat, Hutchitron, Ahab, Neobear, Sebastian Olson, Matthew Migler, Santiago Carrillo, Alex Glass, Junior Motomura, Mylene LaPearl Venas, Delisi, Tim Strothman, Mithers Strongbeard, Daniel Data, Nycrypt, Mons Anderson, Ivan Skogheim, Jay Aldiar, Morgan Worth, Sam Sorensen, Awesome Express, Matt Ferguson, Vishal Singh, Felipe Aguilera, William Heaney, Christer Lundmark, Tim Mann, Chris the Pianist, Michelle Nubb, Michael Stevens, Sandra and Richard Acero, Andrew Smith, Battleox, Evan S., Tiana Salazar, Randy Blakely, Pablo Rodriguez, Matthew Colomb, Jordan Phillips, Philip Klarskov Jensen, Sun Pham, Jamies, David Amaro, Alex Monaco, Jacob Blobaum, Arthur Henrique Chenaglia, Zach Kaczynski, James Lapine, Nuno Amaral, David Boyarski, Rahiv Maharaj, Ryan Wagner, Pete Cerny, Joachim Wiederberg, Christopher Santis, YouTube, Egg Stravaganza, Gali Gutierrez, Chris LaRue, The Fatty Show, Jason Shields, Sued Almasafer, Stephen Cassell, Remy Loisel, Michael Kozachenko, Michael Baloney, Pete Shoemaker, Repus Edud, Irvin De La Torre, Max Harms, Cyberboa, Christoph Fatui, Azazel Valkyrie, G.W. Fox, Alexander McEkern, Jeffrey Marillo, Mazrim Tain, Chris Bennett, Liam Ahern, Crediar, Jesse Vitelli, A Pack of Puppies, V. Cura Ray, Tristan Howard, Jason I, Ronka Q, Sean Cornett, Andy Marks, Jeremiah Snowden, Materia Addict, Robert I, Will Arrowwood, Tyler Wallace, Julius Garcia, Gustav Strombaum, Christoph Packlinger, Alex Lavanier, Ian Anderson, Nefertiti Jenkins, Malcolm Moshet, Adam, Joel Olson, Quinn Riley, Robert Ori Einerson, Christopher Donnelly, Michael Rebelato, Matt Karwaski, Logan Young, Trevor Thomas, Matthias Clare, Self-Imposed Illegitimate Child, Joel Short, Marco Hernandez, Magnus Rasmussen, Clinton Hayes, Seyun Kim, Struggler, Randall Crittenden, Jose Gutierrez, Tense George, Dominic Brown, Sal Ramon, Chad McIntosh, Bunny Chen, Isaac Swanson, Joey and Kate, Raymond Chow, Ian Anderson, Zahid Hosseini Karami, Dan Pan 16, C.S. Lewis, Oruguchino, Splontot, Ulf himself, Jana, Roy Sung, Kim Monk Vonderleith Hagensen Petersen, Colin Hoyleman, Reed Marlett, Thorfkin, Jethren, Max His Shame Terman, Shanley Ladia, Rerun, Linson Wu, Luis Ibarra, Philip Higdon, Max Cannon, Spencer Stevens, Russell Bateman, BM5, Richard Gunther, Ivan Ponce, Jay Potter, Christopher A. Butler, Richard Johnston, Sean Essen, Sebastian Urban, Matt Ford, Marco Zanone, Alec Church, Culinary Stud.